I mean, albeit I died a lot, yeah. and then had to replay lots of bits. And I like when you're playing it in that condensed time, like that. It takes longer because you're gonna like screw up more and get frustrated more. And yeah, I remember. I remember like starting Halo, the first Halo, like in the afternoon of one day and finishing it like the morning after, like literally not sleeping at all. Yeah, that's um, not healthy. Wasn't that no, even uh, also now? No, no, no. But also that was because I had a day off and uh, it was alone. It was alone. Player two, Pixelcast episode one hundred and thirteen. Nice and simple, at least to start off with. I am your host, Tim Henderson. I am flying, not solo. Although I, you know, I was very possibly. I've been reading about maritime law for some reason, and you know, I'm going to take the American approach here, where a captain is not legally um, obliged to go down with his ship. Although, you know, fortunately, I am on the ship, so I'm. Can you're safe? I'm here. I've got the rudder. It's it's really funny that you you said that you're watching or reading something that's maritime law related, because just as we were about to you know as we were getting into this recording, I'm watching a a legal legal eagle YouTube channel talking about the Ocean Gate submarine and sort of the um the legal considerations around I whether don't that know that how maritime makes- law that is and so much as they were like hey we are too innovative to be approved for anything to do with safety regulation oh no they're, they're, uh, well looking at this person there's like there's multiple overlapping laws but because this this particular situation happened in open sea so um, maritime law does apply but then there are like exceptions to exceptions to exceptions and that's kind of like what he was going through um, like which laws overlap with which laws, and therefore, like depending on, there's a whole like liability issue, and then there's a whole like where's the company based, and then where the incident happened, like which laws overlap with which. Wait, welcome to the now apparently ocean <laughs> ocean legal podcast episode one hundred and thirteen. Uh, it's just it's just serendipitous that you that if you talked about that stuff and that's literally what I was just like when you came on and you said what have you been doing I'm like I'm watching YouTube that's literally I have it open on my screen right now. I can confirm though that none of the games you've been play, playing actually to my knowledge at least involve um submarines. Uh no. I mean you had boats no. a few weeks ago but no. My one's got trams. Yeah, yeah, quite, quite famously even. But yeah, um, I guess to kick things off at the moment. It is um this week. We keep that's why we're calling it smooth and simple. This is, you know, it happens like once or twice a year where you get the Tim and Ken show. It's possible that during our topic we will also um you know stack a Huso in there. And said topic will be since we had something a bit more sophisticated. But since like neither Ken nor I really grew up with Nintendo as our primary source of gaming, we decided, you know. Fuck all you big Nintendo fans. I invited a couple of you onto this show. You weren't free tonight. Maybe not your fault. I don't care. We are going to take it into our hands to like decide what are the greatest Nintendo franchises of all time and probably start a few fires in the process. But, um, yeah, be- before that, you know, we are going to start with like one of the greatest whatevers of all time. Ken, you did mention trams. Yes. We are going back to 1998. Via, like, the late 2000s or something. <laughs> and you took a tram to work because you're in Melbourne. Yeah, and I took it, well, yeah, and 
So I've been playing Black Mesa, which is a fan remake of Half-Life, the original Half-Life, which I believe is 19... I want to say 1998. It was Christmas 98, yeah. Um, and, you know, I've, I've, made, it, I've made it known quite... You know, quite regularly that I'm a fan of new things, not necessarily a fan of old things. Um, but Half-Life has always held a sort of a special spot in my life. I've never replayed, I haven't replayed it since like the last 15 years, but I've always been interested and intrigued by this Black Mesa project. And, uh, it came up for, for sale, uh, recently during the Steam summer sale, Steam winter sale. Winter Australia sale. Oh, man. Um, this is like how long has it been going for? I played this on the show years ago, just from its perspective, back when it was still free. Yeah, well, it's paid now, and it's... I bet it doesn't crash as much during the helicopter bit. No, it doesn't. It, well, I don't know about a helicopter bit, but because I've literally only played about 30 minutes of it, and I've just gotten past the uh, Residence Cascade bit. And I've just blown shit up, and I'm about to, I'm about to walk out and pick up the crowbar. So, if you're familiar with Half-Life, you know exactly the bit that I'm talking about. Like this game does a hell of an opening. It um yeah, I want to do a topic on like best game openings at some point. Um and yeah, Half-Life is gonna be towards the top of that list. It's the it steps you through, and there's all these. I don't know if these are the deep, and and there's a couple of reasons why I'm fascinated by by this particular game. It's a fan remake, right? So it's it's, and when you say fans, I, I assume that the fans must have some level of gaming development prowess because they either built this from scratch or it's a reskin of the original game. I don't know what it is, but it is very professional. Um, it plays very professionally. It feels like a very professional uh, product. Um, it doesn't feel like a janky mod. I mean, uh, I mean, way early on, like my God, I want to say like two thousand seven, two thousand eight, when it was like first really making things in the same. Waves, think Valve yeah, already yeah. basically gave it its blessing. I mean, Gabe's yeah. was like, "You guys want a remake of the fans want to do it themselves," and this was exactly that. The fact that they're selling yeah. it for money on Steam and. Obviously, the Valve, the company that you know owns Half Life, is letting them do it. Yep, probably says a lot. It says a lot. I mean, one, it says a lot. It definitely says a lot. But I think that the level of quality that's in the remake is part of that. Because if this was a really janky, buggy thing that people can't play and people were just like trashing, oh, I'm like, sure ninety nine percent of it has to do with the quality of. Yeah, so it's a really high quality fan remake. So you know, people say fan. I mean, amateur. I mean, these are these. these they've got to be professionals. Like doing some of this them probably are at time. this point. I mean, some of them may have yeah, been yeah. eighteen when they started. They'd be in the thirties by now. I don't know. Yeah. So one fascinating that that um that a fan product can exist like this. Like like you said, it's a Valve property being sold on a Valve <laughs> Valve online retail shop front. Um, Imagine a fan Mario game on the Switch. Like, I mean, Nintendo lets <laughs> fucking anything onto the Switch store, but I still could not possibly imagine yeah, like a fan or, Mario game there. Yeah. Or any fan Square Enix or a fan, like, Far Cry. Like, imagine if somebody made, like, a fan remake of Crisis and sold it on, like, the EA store. I mean, some dodgy shit gets on. Like, there's that um, the Last Hope thing. I think is the latest one on the like Switch mm. store, which is 
I'm surprised Sony has not like filed a lawsuit at Nintendo over that. Yeah. So, so like I said, you know, like that's fascinating to me. Like, um, there is some level of nostalgia with that as well. I was just more curious to see whether this, yeah, the 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 level of polish on this particular fan remake is something that that's been um, that I've been curious about. Uh, the the claim, and I hope to get to the end of the game. I don't I don't remember how long it is now, but um, I hope to reach the end of the game where this 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 fan remake claims that they've improved it i don't remember i remember the end game being pretty shitty yeah and, uh, when they like actually released made again you know back when it was free and my mm. pc was new <laughs> that's actually a long time ago um, yes. yeah they didn't need, they didn't even have the last section in there they just had because they were still trying to figure out how to deal with it yes yeah, so. that's right but but i think the original half-life ages ago like the last little bit was is famously known for being not at the same level of yeah. polish as everything else. So, so it's interesting. So, and they've got multiplayer working as well. I haven't tried the multiplayer yet, but like on the store page, it says you've got multiplayer working. They've got the workshop working. They can they're tied into Steam Works. I'm like, this is this is a full like unpaid professional, or oh, paid now. But this is a professional outfit. It this was, is a it's professional like 20, 25 production. bucks or something? Normally? Uh, or normally $28, but it was like 70% or 80% off. Like it was like $7 when I paid for it. Or $10 or something like that. Like 10 bucks for it. So, so. It's like a so, bag of chips these days. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Like I said, I'm at the opening sequence. One of the really best opening sequences in, in games. Just it gets you into the mood. It shows you. Ex- it shows you. Doesn't tell you, which is great. It's also oh. like, ha- like remember this game came out in like the late, the late nineties, and I and I can promise you, like again, I played Black Mesa about ten years ago, and Half Life was still already old ten years ago. <laughs> but how fucking revolutionary it was. For a mm. game to not give you a gun for so long. Yep. And to, like, just, like, let you be in the world and, like, have you go through everything and, like, witness everything around you and, like, let the world be, like, an active character for the first half hour. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And that first ten-minute tram ride as you uh, go into work and, and the, you know, the, the speakers on the tram is just reading and just talking to you, describing to you everything that you are and talking about, like, um, whether you've got the correct security access and if you if not, you've got to hop off this tram onto another tram. I'm like, look, I'm, I'm playing this again last night and I don't remember the level of detail like was this level of detail in the original game or was this added on and i'm now my now my memory is blurred but i guess the other thing about remakes which is interesting is like how is it tapping into you know how um how the game actually was or is it just tapping into your memory of it um because so many remakes, they try to recreate the original game, which turns out, like, in this modern age, it's actually not that great. Mm. But there is this, like, okay, so I'm playing this, I'm like, there are all these, like, very, very minor touches, and I'm, I can't remember, is this, was this in the original game? Or was this just my memory, my rose-tinted memory of it? And I can't quite put my finger. Um, there, like, there are some very specific fans who probably would be. 
but I think even people who were like fucking wild about Half-Life at the time most of them probably could not tell you yeah so I again it, yeah so it's like okay okay this is this is this is good this is good shit this is one particular bit I just I'm just going to talk about this one tiny bit and then we can move on this one very little bit as tram right in the opening sequence is coming to its end point where you're getting off there is you pass by a ruptured like tank that is overflowing with this green liquid goo that's just flowing out and it's at the very end of your tram ride to work. Like prior to that, everything's like, oh, the doors are opening and there's like enemy, like there's a military helicopter and it's everything is smooth and the systems are all working and people cool are and normal at work. in its own. And cool and normal. Way. And then as you're pulling up to work, this is one little accident which looks pretty severe. And I've never noticed that in the original game. Uh, I'm like, okay. I'm not and sure. That- I can't specifically remember that at all. Yeah, but now, but because you've played the game before, and now if th- that's a new addition, it's a very clever new addition. Or if it's originally been there, it's also very clever because it's like that's a sign and a sign of things to come. Because things in this facility aren't top notch; they aren't all in working order. There are there is shit happening in this place. You might even say things that are the, breaking down. Yeah, the the rest of the game kind of hinges on that place not being in the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was like, oh, oh, is that, is, that is such a specific thing and a specific hint to things in this facility are just not as pristine as the initial part of the opening makes you think. Yeah, I'm going to be, I'm going to be super keen to see what you think if you get through the end of this, because I think there are bits of it that are going to like feel like why a shooter's not like this anymore. But also, yeah. unless they've actually changed it a lot, like the design since the freeware release, you're going to be like, oh, wow, there used to be a lot of really dumb jumping puzzles in first-person shooters that should not be. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'll spend a bit more time in this just to see, yeah, how my nostalgia bone gets tickled. Nostalgia bone. That actually doesn't sound as dirty as I wanted to. Anyway, no, speaking of speaking speaking of jumping, I, mean, I, I yeah, um, it doesn't make you pre-wet. I, I, <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about that. <laughs> this is the ultimate pre-wet podcast. Anyway, um, yeah, because Paul, you know, snatched the review from under me, I have only been playing the demo of Pikmin Four. But speaking of jumping, you can kind of jump in this, which you know it changes things up a bit. I, I guess. Pikmin is not the most famous of all Nintendo franchises, although for the next few months it is going to be the Marquee Switch title. Um, so I guess for anybody who like doesn't really know, like Pikmin basically revolves around a bunch of you know people the size of like your average D and D dice or whatever, like crash landing into Earth and then basically discovering some very obedient colored little critters that you know need help not getting eaten by effectively bugs in the um, garden, while they also help you find pieces for your ship so you can fly back home again. Um, and it's been disturbingly about a decade since the last one. If we're you know, talking uh, main main entries, was it maybe in like a weird DS platformerish thing, and then like the um, Pokemon Go esque thing on the phones as well. Which, I was going to say they've, they've been in that mobile game. Yeah, like I, they, they pu- they're pushing. In fact, I think there's a um, if I remember when I finished the demo, there was actually a um, QR code for Pikmin Bloom, which is the um, yeah the mobile walking drain your phone battery at twice as, twice the rate game. 
going on there, but you know, I'm 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 I, I'm here for core Pikmin. I freaking I actually really really like Pikmin like quite a lot. Um, normally have not been able to jump in Pikmin, but they've now introduced, going by the early impressions of the um demo Pikmin for a dog, effectively. It only has two legs and it does not have a nose, but you know by and large it is a dog that you ride and that your Pikmin ride, and it they basically added a mount. Pikmin now has a mount, which means you can get around faster. Um, and they're like, they're, this, it actually solves a very simple problem where, um, because you can have like a hundred of these little guys like like following you around in the garden or wherever you are, and like if you lose track of them, and then each it basically ro- 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 rolls around on like twenty minute, maybe 30, I want to say twenty minute cycles of like gameplay is broken down into days, and if you're not back within the you know boundaries of your spaceship or the onion, which is where the Pikmin come from. At the end of that time, then they're basically stranded at nighttime, and the bugs come out and eat them. So being able to keep your Pikmin onto this little dog thing is actually like potentially a game changer. Also, it can jump, so you've got like new navigational possibilities mm-hmm. going on there now. Um, also, very Pikmin two esque in that it seems to have effectively dungeons underground. I'm trying to remember if these are in Pikmin three as well, um, but it's doing a lot of stuff to um, make this more user friendly. So like straight up, so. Again, traditionally you'll land and you'll find a red Pikmin and they're basically the good fighting Pikmin and they're more or less resistant to fire. Then there's like yellow, which are allergic, and blue, which can, you know, not drown immediately. And then pink, which are like flies and like hard Pikmin, whatever, the different types. Um, And now I kind of recommend what you take with you as opposed to forcing you to go down and then be like, oh, well, I am boned now because these guys are all going to drown or whatever. Um, Which is nice. But my main takeaway from the demo is like, one, it's actually pretty long. And two, there's a reason for that. So I was like, I'm not having as much fun as I thought I would be. I should be excited about this new Pikmin game, like the first night, like when I finally remembered to download the thing, and I like must have played it for like at least an hour, and I kind of went to bed going, I think I'm kind of lukewarm on this. Hmm. And then the next day I got up and played it, and I just freaking loved it to bits. And I think the basic reason for that is it just spends too long tutorializing shit. I think there's a yep. lot of stuff that, one, like, younger... Because, I mean, there are going to be a bunch of, like, eight-year-olds or whatever who this is, this is going to be marketed towards who will need to be told how to do stuff. And then there's a whole bunch of, like, new mechanics. Again, insert, like, dog, insert different types of Pikmin. A lot of this stuff happens. It's very, like, heavily front-loaded. And I don't know how this is going to, like, bode for, like, the full game. Maybe it's for the best. That means that you just know everything you need to do super early on, and then, like, it's more free to go and explore. My personal feeling is, it was a lot of onboarding, like, very fast, and maybe they could have drip-fed that a little bit more. Hmm. Um, but it's definitely going to be like that in the game, because it does at the end. Useless to me, because, again, if I'm going to buy it, which I very possibly will, um, I'd be buying a Japanese copy, which probably will not be data-compatible, which is <laughs> with what is on my Switch at the moment. But it does have the whole your set your save game will carry over. Mm. If you buy the full thing, which I believe would come out the day after we go live. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't really been paying attention to the release date, to be honest. It's the twenty first. I'm actually looking forward to it. <laughs> well, like Pigment's never been like my thing for me. Like oh. I know it exists and I've never really played one. And I know that the people who play it love it. I love ah oh man um, yeah no I legit I super love Pikmin. Pikmin is yeah. great. 
saying Pikmin is great may actually end up being like half of the reason for our topic later in this episode. They've, they've done like they've definitely almost how to say this. I want to say made it easier, but I feel like Pikmin's always had like a false sense of pressure, like just to like provide a little bit of like friction or tension. So the first one like was straight up like you have to finish this within a month. You've got so many. I, I say a month. I can't remember exactly. I want to say about thirty days. You've got like so many days to find everything before it's too late and you can't fly back home. I can't remember what the deal was in Pikmin 2. Pikmin 3, in fact, if you're like, oh, we need to, we need juice to sustain ourselves. So we need to find fruit. And bring that back as well as, like, the ship pieces or whatever that we're looking for. And if we don't have enough fruit, then we don't have enough juice, and then we're all going to starve or die of thirst or whatever. Except there's always, like, so much fucking fruit around that you would always have, like, 30 days surplus after him playing it for a couple. So you know, this time I think they've just even they've just done away with it, no pretending. The basic premise is the main character's initial one is like gotten lost on Earth and he's like set out of distress. And it's basically Earth at this point. It's always kind of been like, is it Earth? Is it not? Those look like very violent ladybugs, but maybe they're not. I mean, this one, for better or worse, is set in what looks like a very suburban American backyard. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot of like, just kind of giveaway, like very earth, earth stuff there. Including a game, a folding Game Boy Advance SP. Um. Did you collect it in the demo? And he basically is like, calls out for distress and they send like a special rescue team. Which then also just completely crash lands on earth. So your mission now, this time around, is like finding the rest of the rescue team. Which also brought the dog with them, which grows up very, very fast. It's kind of like how they justify, um, kind of like the, the process of, like, tutorializing about all this stuff that said dog can do. So a lot of the pro- a lot of the stuff now, at the moment, I guess I don't really know how it's going to go, but it's like, okay, you need to find the rest of your crew, also find the rest of the bits of the ship, and then presumably go and find Captain Olimar, who is the person who initially sent out the, um, distressed call who at the very beginning of the game is you spend running around in a house like you've accidentally walked into chibi robo or something so i actually have no idea like how much this is gonna like how tangled this is gonna get like they've always had a very easy structure in the past it's like okay play a few days here find everything you could go to a new area Maybe you'll eventually find something that lets you get, like, a little extra bonus thing in a previous area, but it's always, like, a very easy structure. This one looks like it could get more messy or a bit more in-depth. And I believe that uh, marketing has said you can now go out at night. I don't exactly know what that's going to be about, but that is a huge game-changer because the previous assumption in all the other games are you don't get back to your ship by the time that, like, 10-second whatever countdown goes down, then all those little guys die, and they're super cute, and they let out these little whales of distress, and, like, little ghosts appear over their heads when they're dying and being eaten alive. Yeah. Yeah. So, you reckon you'll pick this up? I am... I mean, I'm potentially traveling in about a month, so I may try and, like, hold out to have it as, you know, because, I mean, I could also see Final Fantasy 16 is a little bit cheaper now and, like, play that at home and then get Pikmin and, like, you know, can't mm. play Final Fantasy 16 on the plane. Mm. Can't play Pikmin on a plane. Yeah. But uh, the part of like, I want to play more. Definitely want to play more. Very curious to see how long it'll be. Like, the previous ones have been, like, fairly short. The impression I'm getting from this, especially with the demo being like two hours long, about I want to say, is yeah, that I was gonna 
because you said the demo is two hours long. I'm like, is is this a dedicated demo build or is it just a slice from? Is it just like a tutorial? No, because it, it has a. I'm pretty. I want to say like ninety something percent sure. There's like you can keep your save data. Right. So it's just like the tutorial so, bit of the main game. Yes, the tutorial bit, and then like. Okay, the there's first. a certain fake in-game currency, energy, blocks, whatever that you need to get. Once you get this many, you're done. You can play until yeah. you get this much stuff, and then you're done. Um, hmm. I, I want to... Uh, my feeling is it's probably a bigger game than Pikmin 1, 2, and 3. Hmm. Don't know by how much. They're definitely doing a few things to shake it up. Um, having that mount... That dog it actually potentially changes things a lot. It's definitely going to make getting around a lot easier. I don't know if I think that's a better or worse. Like, that's the one thing I'm a little bit hmm about. Definitely comes into play with um some of the, like, puzzling stuff in the dungeons. Though, but, yeah, I... I started think Again, first session, I was like, eh... I thought I'd be more excited. Second session, I want to keep playing. Yep. So... My uh, very early impressions could do a better job tutorializing it maybe spread that out a bit more but also once that's done like it seems like it's a case of like stick with it and this is probably going to be a great time and it's semi-prestige enough that I don't think Nintendo is going to put it out there unless they're like quite confident people are going to like it it's definitely not going to be buggy anyway speaking of like how prestigious Pikmin is we are going to take a short break I'm going to fill this cup with ice because holy shit I am melting <laughs> I make no apologies for the slight buzz of that fan in the background <laughs> and when we come back I'm um, looking less and less likely that Huso will be with us but who knows but we will be deciding screw you guys we've got like a small docs document thingy ready we are going to decide what are the greatest Nintendo franchises and which ones that may be more forgettable Still just the two of us, but instead of, you know, it's devolving into, like, a sexy song or something, we're going to read a list of, of, you know, Nintendo shit and then decide what we think is good and what is maybe overrated and the rest of the world is just going to have to deal with it because I grew up with a Sega Master System and I don't think Ken really had consoles at all. Uh, no. I, I had a Game Boy. I guess you actually do have a Nintendo stake then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, then, then my entry will be Tetris. <laughs> like a distinctly not really Nintendo game, but oh my gosh, it is, we, I guess we should get it out of the way. Like how 
tightly aligned Tetris was with a Game Boy brand through the late 80s and early 90s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, those those things are basically inseparable. <sighs> you know, yeah, you know, Tetris is actually this, you know, very, very clever puzzle game, you, you know, invented in Russia, therefore the guy who made it is still probably poor. Whereas, yeah. you know... Miyamoto is probably a millionaire, but maybe not much more than that. In fact, I was actually—I think he makes like two million dollars a year, which is a lot of money, but also like not absurd, considering like what he is responsible for and how important he is to that company. Anyway, yeah. speaking of things he is responsible for, that's—I'm just going to like run through the shit, and we've broken it up in our own way. And again, like no apologies. So we have Mario, aka the platformers, Mario the karting, because Mario Kart is basically the same thing at this point. Mario insert any sport that he plays here. Um, thanks to Kempe for Mario, I guess, can be its own thing. So can Luigi, Luigi's Mansion. Zelda, Donkey Kong, Smash Brothers, Metroid, Pokemon. Oh, my God. Kirby, Pikmin. Wii Sports, which I guess now, since I did sort of the Switch one, is now a franchise. Animal Crossing, Fire Emblem, F-Zero, Kitty Chris, Splatoon, Earthbound, Star Fox, Advance Wars. And, yeah, all right. Let's say Pilot, Pilot Wings and um, WarioWare as well. Mario. Hmm. Right, I'm, I'm just going to go out there early and say that Pikmin should be on the top. <laughs> I mean, we did spend like a, a, a chunk of the, the of the first part of the show just talking about Pikmin. I mean, so. it, it is timely, but I'm gonna I'm just gonna like highlight like the big players right now and like, make them bold. So like, Pikmin we, is bold. Pikmin is up there. Huh. Right. So we're just picking a couple of our absolute favorite. The, oh, well, we're picking a couple of we franchises should... that we think are the. Stella, the best, no the best more than representation. Half the list, yeah, yeah, the best representation of what Nintendo has to uh, offer. Yeah, so not the best representation of Nintendo, but just what we think is good. Like, um, <laughs> that's straight what, what we think, what what we think, what Nintendo we think should, you should all be playing. Yes, yeah. screw, and what screw Yeah, absolutely. Uh you've picked Pikmin. I'm gonna go. Like I've pl- just like I just said, I've I've, I've played Game Boy. Mm. Uh, for the good chunk of time, and I love lots of different Game Boy games. Yeah, but your favorite Game Boy uh, game is one that was on the Advance. You have to sit out in the sun. It was this weird Kojima thing, and yeah, Boktai. It's not really a Nintendo thing, though. No, it's not a Nintendo thing. I guess. Hmm. Wario Land. It's not on this list. This Wario not, Land. I mean, we're talking like properties here. I get, you want to? I can just write Wario and put it in bold. I guess. Warrior, mm. WarioWare slash Wario. Is that where is yeah. that where I'm going? Wario. Yeah, Wario. Wario. Wario Land, WarioWare. Wario, that's, that's... Wario adjacent shit. All the Wario. So instead of Mario should be downvoted and Wario should be upvoted. And Wario should get all the spin-offs. Um there should be a He did have a, like, like shaking game on the Wii as well, didn't he? Like that. Like 2D, yeah. pretty nicely animated one actually. Yeah, that's also that's also a uh, Wario Way game. Warrior, I, think. I think it was actually a proper platform. Wario Way, I believe, is supposed to be mini game compilations. Yeah, Wario Way is the mini game, and then Wario Land, Wario is like the the platformers. So I love the Wario platformers. You know, I'm just going to give me a separate land, right? Because here's yeah. a great bit. Is like I'm almost inclined to say I'm not going to use anything to vote for um. Mario, if I'm if I'm gonna go one or two more times, I think. I guess this this was not something. That, this is something that came on later in life, but yeah, Metroid. 
Do you genuinely like Metroid? Um, I think because... I'm actually falling into the trap. The difference is instead of being 12, I was 20. So mm. my first actual home Nintendo console was a GameCube. I got it with Pikmin in the morning. I got Metroid Metroid Prime later that evening. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Um, but no, like, um, so original Metroid, no Metroid, Super Metroid I liked quite a lot. Playing it retroactively, I didn't quite finish it. Like, the controls just felt a little... Actually, I have an issue with a lot of, like, SNES-era, um... Nintendo stuff in that regard. But Metroid Prime, and particularly Metroid Prime 2... Mm. Like, chef's kiss. Metroid Prime 2! Okay. Was that the like, good the one? Forgotten was... one. Um, it was. I mean, everyone still goes to the first one. I Metroid Prime... Because I know... Because the first one was like revolutionary because it's 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 a brand new re, you know look at the Metroid franchise mm. and then people either loved or hated 3 yeah 3 I two, bought and never got around to playing but 2 I like a lot mm. um, so my, my logic behind 2 I guess if we're going to like delve into this a little bit so the first one actually annoyed me because I remember reading all the reviews gushing over at the time. It's like, oh man, these environments are so creative. It's got a forest level and a lava level and a nice level. And I'm like, have you guys never played a platform game before in your lives? Mm. Um, whereas 2 felt more like a cohesive... Like, there were distinct aesthetic differences, but it also felt like more of a like actual whole. Like, the planet felt like it had more of its own intensity. And the, all that talk about the game being harder... It was technically harder, but it also meant that you were better prepared for the boss fight, so it actually felt more evenly balanced in its difficulty. Yeah. So, th- that's why that's why I wanted to query your choice of Metroid, because Metroid has two, like, sort of distinct phases, or, or distinct, like, yeah. parts. So there's the 2D Super NES era type of um, Metroid. Yeah. I mean, I and enjoyed then going the, back then to... Then there's the Primes. Yeah, I enjoyed going back to Super Metroid a lot, but I'm still that guy who is like, come on, Metroid... Nintendo has announced Metroid Prime 4. Me- Nintendo does not announce shit and then not release it. Hmm. So, <clears throat> I would... I didn't play a lot of Prime, so I don't know... Like, I played the first one probably about two hours in, and I was a little bit bored. You need to have a taste of, like, slow-paced exploration and atmosphere. No, uh, it's... The, my problem wasn't with the slow pacing. I think... And my problem wasn't with the exploration in terms of the scanning things and reading things out. I did have some sort of... I did have some issue with the movement and the movement scheme. And I felt... It, it felt a little bit like... It felt a little bit like I'm sh- people have, have you solved. Played Halo first. I don't know. I can't say. It definitely probably, came out maybe. first. I think not only an Xbox probably helped me here. If you play the game, sorry, the game. I wanted to say GameCube, the Switch version. Now they do actually default it to a twin stick. Yeah, so that might be uh, that might be it. So like, I was struggling with the control scheme. That was and, a very common complaint. And so. I enjoyed, like, okay, look at this interesting environment. Moving around this environment is a pain in the butt. (laughs) (laughs) And then interacting with the environment was a pain in the butt as well, in terms of, like, oh, look here to open the door, and there to, like, all the... 
things that at that point I had, I guess, taken for for granted. Like if I was playing on a keyboard and mouse, it'd just be like hit E to open door. Hmm. Like a lot it's, of they still press button to open doors. So you have to shoot it, which I will agree is not very logical and very strange. That, that, um, yeah, that's what I meant. Like civilization you have to design aim. on part of the chozo. Yep, 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 yep. So, so therefore, like when I played the first Prime, I struggled with it. Like I wanted to like it more because everybody was gushing about it, and I remember playing it. I'm like, I can see what people like, but there's a bunch of stuff I don't like. And most of it is mechanic, like like control scheme mechanics, and that thing is just a a rock too big for me to cross. Fine, I'm putting it below both Pikmin and Wario for now. But having said that, having said that, like I I was not familiar with the with the console home console Metroids, the 2D Metroids, the Super Metroid, and that sort of thing. But I love, 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 love Metroid Fusion on the GBA. On the Game Boy Advance. Still part of... Yeah, I think a lot of people did, actually. I think that got a big kick because of Prime. Yeah. It got a big kick because of Prime, and I think a lot of people still... Especially when they're looking at some of the more recent 2D Metroid game, which is um, Dread and um, the other one. I mean, Dread's the marquee one. You mean the one that came out the DS a couple of years ago? It was a remake of Metroid Two. No, wasn't there one with? There was one made by just like, Samus. There was one made by the Ninja Gaiden guys that, that nobody liked. It might have been that one. It might have been that one. That one starred Samus, right? And they all. I mean, they all star Samus. Star but Samus. I think that was like that was that like one had zero. Like, talking and cutscenes and. Yes, yes, that's the one. That's the one. So I did not. I wasn't a fan of those ones. And I think I remember like um a lot of the chatter around that is like, oh, God, I hope they make like Metroid Fusion but for like the Switch or for the Wii. Um because I really loved Fusion. Um my first proper, proper Metroid game that I played through all the way to the end, explored as much as I possibly could, unlocked as much of the map as I possibly could. Um replayed a couple of times after I finished it. Like properly loved this beyond like any Metroid game I ever played, and m- way more than I expected it to. It was just there's just something about it, like that form factor on the on the Game Boy Advance, particularly the Game Boy Advance SP, which is what I played it on. Like the the fact that I could just fold it up, put it in my pocket, and then walk out, and then somewhere I just like, oh, I'll just continue the adventures of Samus here. <laughs> There was just something about the 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 the, the various you know vectors just sort of melding together perfectly to make this the perfect game um, for me. So time. I loved yeah for that time. I loved Metroid Fusion. wasn't a super huge fan of about Prime. Um, wasn't a huge did um, the previous two D Metroids were not part of my gaming sort of history and heritage. That fusion was just mm, oh fusion fusion was good. Okay, you've talked Metroid back up towards the top of the list again. I'm going to leave those bold <laughs> things just up floating by themselves for the moment. Will. Yeah. Uh, but it's me next again, yeah. though? I mean, there's only two of us, dude. We get to light oh. all the fires we like. There is nobody here to stop us. Uh, 
I want to say I really like mm, Splatoon. But I've only ever genuinely played number one. Um, I've heard very good things about number three. I, I played the demo for number two. I'm, I'm highlighting it for you, man. I like Splatoon. I like Splatoon. I think Splatoon is, is absolutely worth people's time, and it's one of the best things, one of the best it new things. It is big among the kids in Japan. Uh. Well, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to like it. I mean, colorful characters, great. Non-violent combat, great. Completely um, thinking of how a like, competitive shooter would work. Yes. Complete rethinking about what a team shooter uh, can 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 look like, and what what area control in a multiplayer game can feel like, because that's fundamentally part of that Splatoon Splatoon experience. It's literally, like painting the stage is the yeah, but you, because you can now visually see yeah. the this is the, pink the, the, the and map. this is green. Like this is pink, this is green, this is orange, this is blue. Right? It means that victory is not just around like like hit shots and kills, which you can do, you know, absolutely. But map control, like map control, which is an unspoken part of so many like. PvP first-person shooter competitive multiplayer shooters like map control is absolutely a key part of it, but they don't make that the fundamental part of a shooter. And Splatoon just takes that and just like no, map control is fundamental. Like you might not be able to shoot somebody as good, but mm-hmm. if you can control if this you map, control with, that territory. Yeah, you're good <laughs> and if you can deny the enemy control, not necessarily by killing them, but delaying them a little slow bit, even down. if you die, slow them down, you can you can still snatch up, you can still, you know, find a way to win. So Splatoon is great, lovely characters, uh, made, made online shooters work on a Switch, which is brilliant. Well, Wii U initially, which is crazy. Oh, that's right. It was a Wii U thing, wasn't it? Um, and I completely... And then... Was, was it? it they, they, and then did they actually port it to, like, the Wii U? Or they, did... they, they, yeah, they brought the, they brought the first the one to the Switch. Was, they brought the first did they one just the make Splatoon 2 very quickly and it was kind no, of like... No, um, the, first, the, sp- the first Splatoon was definitely on the Switch, because I remember playing distinctly. So that's Nintendo breaking its own rule of like normally only having like one core game per franchise per system because like went up to three. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, did it got re-released? Oh no, Splatoon Splatoon two. Oh, so I must have played Splatoon. Because Splatoon two, I think, was seen as kind of like Splatoon one point five. They just kind of like refined it and like release it again on a popular system. I guess it must have been two then. Then you're right, it's two. But it was really good. Like, it's just... Absolutely just turned PvP shooters, competitive shooters on its head. And I loved it. Loved it so much. Splatoon 2, up there. I'm not um, a competitive shooter guy at all, but if if I had any inclination and time and, like, a group to do that shit with... I would absolutely want to do something like Splatoon more than I would Call of Duty. Mm, mm. Like, just no questions about it. Um, I I think I can't not put Zelda up there. I know I never clicked with um 
Breath of the Wild mm. as much as most people. But you know what? Really did like Wind Waker a lot. Really did like Ocarina uh, a lot. Yeah. Especially, annoyingly, the Wii U version of Wind Waker where they gave you the faster sale. I still feel like there's a perfect version of that game that is waiting to come out and Nintendo just can't be bothered. Yeah. Like, keep that faster sale in there, put that last dungeon that I think was supposed to be there and then got replaced with, like, a quick treasure hunt. And that game... Man, that game... Which, weirdly, didn't enjoy as much as I thought it would the first time around. Once I kind of, like, figured out what it was, that just, like, sense of, like, light-hearted... I want, it sounds like an oxymoron. Light-hearted, epic, swashbuckling mm. adventure. Mm. It, it it very much was. It's a swashbuckling... It felt personal, but epic at the same time. Yeah, it was, it was like, yeah, approachable and big. Like... Mm. Like, I never felt... I, I loved... I loved Wind Waker. Um... <laughs> I think my my main sort of engagement with the Zelda franchise was through Wind Waker and through Link's Awakening, which is another Game Boy one. Mm. Um, loved Link's Awakening, loved it. Loved I should it play so the much. remake of that. I really should. It's on. It's, it's there, and it's supposedly good. And I've I've liked everything about Link's Awakening. That was the first um, Zelda game I was aware of, actually, because no, like. It, mm. the, Again, growing up in, like, the 90s, you're kind of, like, at the mercy of what the kids at school are playing <laughs> in terms of, yeah, like, discovering yeah. new games. Um, so if no, if the Nintendo kids were not playing Zelda, then I had no idea what Zelda was, except I have these vague memories of, the, of these Game Boy ads for Link's Awakening. Well, I, re- I, I remember, like, watching other people play Zelda 2, and then me trying to play Zelda 2, and I just didn't get it, and I was... Probably, oh, when was Zelda 2? I was probably like Late 10, 80s. 11, 12. Yeah, I would have been, I would have been, I would have been mm, Zelda 2, 1987. I would have been like, yeah. I wasn't in school yet. 1987. 14th January 1987 was the initial release date. Um, I just didn't understand what was going on. And I think I've tried a little bit of the original Zelda as well, and I just did not it understand what was going on. Well, I think unless you were playing that game in your own childhood, yeah. So Zelda's very difficult to play these days. Oh, so I didn't understand what was going on. So when I tried Link's Awakening, I'm like, oh, this is what a Zelda's game about. This is what a Zelda game is all about: the exploration, the opening up new areas, the the like picking up new weapons and solving puzzles and it is a bit of an adventure like there's a story that I want to unlock why am I here on this island at least with Link's Awakening um there's this there's this, this like lore that exists um in this world that is separate from me and I'm just here to uncover that lore loved it and then Wind Waker fantastic loved it um sailing the oceans um very clever way to hide loading screens. <laughs> I, yeah, that fa- yeah. that faster sale really helped. Like that was what I think I had a big gripe with. Like it's like this game's the biggest empty. He says th- something he now loves quite dearly. <laughs> yeah, but they, they make the empty look so pretty, and they make the empty make sense. Like it's, mm. it makes sense that those paces would be empty. It's the fucking ocean. Yeah. Um, as opposed to like 
I will say though plus. that that faster sail in the Wii U version really did improve the experience. Uh, all right, I guess it was very odd that they would release that on the Wii U and then just not like. It's not odd that they released on the Wii U. You're right. It's just they did that and then they just. Like, the fact they haven't like and Twilight Princess is not as good, but I really thought they would have just smashed those Wii U ports together. Mm. And, like, scrub the resolution up a little bit more and put it out and switch, but it just hasn't happened. It seems like just money left on the table. That That's what I'm thinking. That's, well, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, why is this not on the Switch? You've already got a HD up-res version. Like, this is this right there. I mean, I'm, I, I don't know what it does. Fine. It feels like they can't do it now either, because, like, you can't put it out after you've put out a sequel to your marquee. Or maybe you can. Maybe, like, there's a certain bunch of people who are like, you know what, you guys prefer, like, a little more linearity in dungeons? Here you go. Maybe that's what it's going to be. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, like, okay. in another half a year, or in another year and a half, in the, when, when before they make the new, the next, like, Tears of the Kingdom sequel, or whatever the next it, Zelda yeah. is, like, before the next Zelda is, put something out. Like, it's not unusual for Zelda to put, like, something old before something new again. Yeah, I guess that's what the middle life of the which actually was. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I guess we're good with leaving Zelda up there. Do you have yeah, anything Zelda's else good. that you want? Uh, I don't want, don't have anything to move up. I think F Zero can die in a fire. Old sixteen bit F Zero, yes. GameCube F Zero was great though. Uh, uh it was Game look, Boy Advance F Zero as well. Yes, GameCube F Zero was great. GameCube F Zero was pretty good. Yes. But, like, if we're talking about, like, um, modern, uh, well, futuristic zero-G, like, racing games, like, just give me Wipeout. Just give me more Wipeout. I would also like more Wipeout, but at this point in time, I'd take either. <laughs> oh, so true. <laughs> oh, so true. Yeah, but I'm like, F-Zero, F-Zero can, 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 can just stay wherever it is like it doesn't need to come back just give me Wipeout <sighs> I need to go to Sony for that one sadly is there anything like, I personally feel like if Nintendo just dropped off the face of the earth and I could only keep was that freaking movie like where the Beatles ceased to exist and like only a handful of people can remember who they are if that happened to Nintendo and I was like one of like few people could remember Oh, I know the movie you're talking about, but I can't remember the name. I but, like a, yeah, I, yeah, I feel like it's a movie that probably could have like delved into some really deep stuff, and then instead was just kind of like goofy and kept on making Coke jokes because Coca-Cola also didn't exist in that world. Um, yeah. But yeah, if that scenario happened, would I even save any of the main Mario games? Would that be it mm-hmm. towards the top? So I think Mario Galaxy 1 and 2 are maybe the greatest 3D platformers ever made, but I'm not actually that big on the rest of them. Especially, Mario the, Ga- especially the modern 2D ones just seem so flavorless. Yes, they're very sanitized. They're very, like, scrubbed clean and of, of everything. Yeah. This Wonder One coming out at the end of the year has some heavy lifting to do. It could get weird. Yeah? Alright. But it's not out yet. Never played a Luigi's Mansion game, which feels wrong. I feel like I should have done that. I was gonna say, I, I, some people love it, and some, there's enough people who love it that there's three now. Yeah, I will say, still looks really good. It was on the just a display TV in a, I think a game center store, mm. 
recently, mm. and I thought it was like a cartoon. Like it's ridiculous, like how good that thing looks. Like when, especially with Nintendo just stylizing these things in ways that work on the hardware. Yeah, nice. Um, Pokemon, you know what? No, Could totally just eradicate Pokemon, and I would be fine. <laughs> I would put Pokemon up there, like, like in terms of just like random bits of joy that it's brought me like i'm not a huge pokemon fan i'm not a massive pokemon fan but it's at this point it's intersected with my life at multiple points that it's like oh i guess i like pokemon like i've tried on more than one occasion to get into the games and i've always realized that i just find them tiring but we can put it towards the bottom of the list then. You can put, let's put it to the, towards the bottom of the list because, look, um, I like <laughs> I like the collectible card game more than I like the mainline games. So, but it's still Pokemon, and that 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 oh, collectible. Wow, getting card. in on a real technicality here. We've like tapped into tabletop can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the collectible card game is genuinely good. Like genuinely, like in terms of gameplay. Is like okay, this this is this is this is good shit. Um, and then there's Pokemon, so you got like solid solid collectible card game with Pokemon. That's good, and that game only exists because because Pokemon exists. You know what, Ken? Since pulling back the curtain, because I can't be bothered to try and figure out what we're talking about editing this, I'm going to like I want to bump Pokemon down now for like crashing our Discord conversation. <laughs> well, it's a look. It's already on the bottom of our list, so of our short list. Yeah, about so it's still on the short list though. Bottom is like, all right, I'm going to like put like in brackets cards only. Mm. I was going to say, like, Pokemon Yellow has brought me a bit of joy, and Pokemon Go has brought me a bit of joy. I just wondered, like, how um, different was Yellow from Red and Blue, really? Ah, uh, you get Pikachu at the start. That's it's, it. fundam- it's fundamentally different, Tim. <laughs> I still, because I still remember, like, trying to discourage my younger, like, basically kid brother at the time. It's like, maybe you want to buy yourself a different game instead, since you already have one of the other ones, which I think is the same thing. Yeah, so don't buy don't buy red or blue, buy yellow. But if you have red or blue or yellow, buy yellow anyway because Nintendo Pokemon fans are weird people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So Pokemon, anyway, I'm putting I think, Pokemon up there. I think we're just about done there. A part of me is like, I really, really, really like Fire Emblem Three Houses, but I have no interest in Engage. Mm. And I'm not so sure I have any interest in the rest of the games either. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if yeah. that was just, and apparently, like it, that three houses is also like a like weird standout for like the quality of the writing and the character work and things. So that may be a like a one-off flash in the pan. Um, on principle, I want to put Earthbound there, but the truth is, I never finished it. I've never played any of the Earthbound games. I only know people who love it very much. And at this point, like, stop telling people to bring Mother Three over to the US because. It's not going to happen, and also that's like 40 years ago or something like that by now. It's not that old. I'm pretty sure I'm older than... No, oh. I'm still not 40. Good good job, me. <laughs> uh, do we actually want to, like, prioritize any of this Mario stuff? Can we, like, just let Mario go? I'd be... Pardon me, kind of enjoy the idea that... 
I like I like Mario Kart more than other Mario stuff. I, I feel like sales figures reflect that. Well, I just generally like Mario Kart more than all the all the other Mario stuff. Um, I like uh, which one was going to say? Uh, I like Smash more than any of the other Mario stuff. Okay, so I have bounced off every single Smash. I remember like um, it being a huge deal. Like the GameCube one is like this is it, and I I've never clicked with it. Yeah, I liked the GameCube one, and I like this most recent one. Um, and the GameCube one is mostly because I've got fond memories of it playing it with my then girlfriend now wife. But uh, and, that's an unfair and, advantage. Yeah, and the current one my son loves, so it's like, mm-hmm. Smash is pretty good. Uh, one of the things I was hoping for my fire is to like be able to put Smash in there. I I am not. I feel like Kirby should take a place, just because most Kirby games have have quite an interesting mechanic. To They're them. always experimental. I don't know. If That's yeah. Kirby's Dream Land was the first Nintendo game I ever actually bought. Is that the one on the, the, uh, the first DS? One is back when he was still white on the boxer. Ah, so okay. actually like Game Boy. I really like the one on DS where you draw the lines that Kirby rolls on. Yeah, Kirby's a weird franchise, because Kirby seems to be like, let's just try the ideas that we don't want to risk releasing a mediocre mm. Mario in. Mm. And and so because of that, like, I feel like Kirby should right, be so like... I'm going to give Kirby pride a place above Mario. Yeah, well, fuck that. Yeah. Do we put it above Mario Kart? Nah. I'm putting Mario Kart above Pokemon. That's fine. Pokemon can sit at the very bottom. Oh, we can put Pokemon below Kirby in your face, Pokemon. <laughs> okay, so I've obviously like had a little private time inside this list. So the list at the moment is Pikmin. Dot. Big Gap. Splatoon. Metroid. Warrior Platformers. Zelda. Mario Kart. Kirby. Pokemon. And that is the distinct. That's the definitive. That's our definitive list. list of the like the best Nintendo properties. I'll yep. take away the gigantic ellipses, giving Pikmin like the huge shot. I just really want Pikmin on top, in yeah. part because I love it, and two because I think it's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm going to ask you, so if you like publish this as an unironic article, like in a month or so, we'll see whether we get that. We get uh, the clickbait clicks. I've only got eight though. I might need to put another two at the bottom just to make it like a nice even ten. Uh, I don't know if there's anything. Chibi, I don't know if there's Chibi anything Robo. I care enough. <laughs> Chibi I, I, Robo. I mean, it's Chibi Robo is not even really Nintendo. Although I, Chibi Robo was the first game I ever got paid to review, so it has like an unfair like space in my heart. Yes. Yes. I think we should just leave this eight. Well, in in a month's time, if you do put this into an article, you say the top ten like Nintendo franchises of all time, but you actually only have eight, and then you just and then like, it, like, just just like it, a just recipe empty. for like cheesy noodles or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, you 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 find some random like licensed snack. It's nine and ten. Oh, I saw some, like, Pikmin stuff at the convenience store earlier today, actually. Maybe we should have picked one of those up. Or I, I just cheat and go 3D Metroid, 2D Metroid. 
But oh uh, no, 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 just Metroid. I I mean, I could put Warrior platformers. We could put Warrior Wear in here as well. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess so. But I don't have any huge attachment to. I I respect what Warrior Wear is, but I also kind of love that Warrior isn't number four and that Mario is not even on the list. Wario yeah. is above Mario Kart. Yep. Oh, right. Mario, definitely. Definitely, no question. And no question about it. <laughs> so, congratulations, Pikmin. You get to be on top, basically, because Ken could be bothered to challenge me on it. Yep. Congratulations, Pokemon. You somehow sneaked into the list because of Ken's wife. Uh, not Pokemon. Well, oh, wait, no. Wait, I'm... That was Smash. Smash is not on the list. I, I did not... Oh, should I put Smash on the list? I knew something was... I'm going to put Smash. I'm going to have, like, blank, dot, 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 empty space, Smash. So, yeah. Pokemon was random pieces of joy. Oh. Pokemon's important piece of history. I mean, you could argue that Mario is probably the most famous character in, you know, the face of the Earth at the moment. Oh, he's, he's in Mario Kart. We're good. Yep. Then just dot 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 smash. All right, perfect. We have nine. <laughs> honorable honorable mention: Mario Galaxy, but only the Mario Galaxy games, and only Mario Galaxy one. Right. I like the second one as well, but I think the first one was a little bit more magical. I don't know if that was yeah. a timing thing or what. But. Yeah, I think uh, just Galaxy one. Also, just to like really sell that point a little bit more, or maybe just a theme song to Mario Odyssey. Number 10, Super Mario Odyssey theme song. <laughs> Alright, I think we're done. Thank you, Ken. We still have a show. Thank you for, like, tolerating my bajillion-year-old computer deciding to update at the worst possible time. Ah, uh, that's alright. I mean, I did crash out just a moment ago, so, you know. Yeah, but your, your crash literally lasted for, like, four minutes. That's true, also. <laughs> the, 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 the issues on my end lasted a little bit longer but whatever we have a show Um, do you still have anything you want to pimp at the moment like we make the uh, Twitter joke every week and every week it's somehow still there no no it's it's still I don't have anything new I haven't worked on anything for ages now I really could do something but you're here but also but I'm here and you're at Pixel yeah. Hunt on Twitter I think it's at Pixel Hunt on Twitter I am also here, and maybe I'm going to write this dumb list into an article sometime in the next couple of episodes. <laughs> um, and I'm also still at Pretend Beard on Twitter. Maybe I will, maybe I will even go to the Zuckerberg thing and like register to sit my name there or whatever, and then like just kind of like slump into a state of depression when I realize shit is so bad that we're now cheering for Mark Zuckerberg because somehow he's not as bad as Elon Musk. Yeah, like, yes. Like that's, it's that's, pretty, that. It's pretty bad when you have to cheer somebody on because they're not as shit and not as bad. It's, it really like, says a lot about how bad Boss really is. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah alright, it's like, I'm not going to do that anymore.